Broadcasting live to the world now, it's Sheila Zelensky. This is a very sinister Luciferian eugenics plan. These spineless weasels preach what people want to hear. They replace repentance with dreams of the good life. Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. Sheila Zelensky. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Sheila Zelinsky Show today. I hope you are following us on social media. Hey, a lot of people have asked us about, hey, where can we follow you? And I'm really excited to announce that we have a telegram. Look for the Sheila Zelinsky Network. Follow us on Twitter, our official Facebook page, our verified page. And we are also on Instagram. All that information is linked below and is up on your screen. If you're listening on the podcast, you can find that on Facebook. I'm Real Sheila Z, all one word. And on Twitter, at Real Sheila Z. Instagram, it's just simply Sheila Zielinski. We had an older YouTube channel that we're now using since I took our big one down. So I hope that you are subscribed and you do receive notifications on both YouTube and Rumble You never know when they take us down. This is our third channel, so please do make sure that you are subscribed to both Rumble and YouTube. And because they took our YouTube channel down, we are now migrating all the shows that we can find over there to SheilaZelinski.tv. And we've added something that you've asked for, a search feature, and we are uploading all shows and you'll be able to search by guest. So make sure you go over there and sign up for a free subscription. That's right. There's no cost to you. And make sure you stay in the loop by subscribing to our e-news alert. They update you on great guests and must listen to shows. My e-newsletter, you'll get one email a week. And trust me, you want to stay in the loop. And finally, make sure if you have not read Technogeddon, the book I wrote this year, make sure you get your hands on Technogeddon. Peruse my books too. You want to get your hands on Power Prayers, warfare that works and you definitely especially coming out of what happened in united nations climate change conference that we just saw that is still going on of course oh newsflash obama if you can believe it obama was speaking at united nations cop 26 of course he was and he called on young people to stay angry in the fight against climate change and you know i'm sure a little greta the Hitler Youth, um, I'm sure she was, you know, that poor little child abused kid that is the poster girl for climate. I'm sure she was loving that speech, wasn't she? You want to know how insane it is? A BC doctor, this was in the Times columnist, a British Columbia, Canada doctor clinically diagnoses patients suffering. Are you ready for this? Suffering from climate change. So we live in a world gone mad. If you want to learn more about what is really going on, as Dr. Tim Ball, the renowned climatologist, says in her book, Green Gospel, Sheila Zielinski effectively demolishes what you think about the green movement. So, and very exciting, lastly, Power Prayers, Warfare That Works is now the Spanish-speaking community have been asking us for it for years, and we're finally finished it. All that information is over there at SheilaZielinski.com. You just go to books 
and you'll see the Spanish version available and how you can get it there. Well, listen, I don't want to take any more time. I want to jump right into the program. My guest is a good friend of the program and his pastor, Elvis Newhart from Hamburg Church of Deliverance. This is really going to be powerful information today. Elvis, I'm going to hand you the mic. You throw it back to me when you are ready. Great, and it's great to be back, Sheila. Thanks for having me. It's It's been a little while, but it's always great to be back. And wow, what interesting times we live in today uh, with everything. And I tell you what, you know, there's been a lot of stuff going on over in Canada, of course, also over here in Europe and around the world with our, you know, our <laughs> the corona crisis or whatnot. But what I want to go into tonight and what I find always interesting, folks, is that there's so much that's been already written in the Bible about certain events, about certain conditions that were happening. And what's really interesting is when you start reading the Bible and then you see like a mirror image of what's going on today. And so t- uh, today what I'd like to talk about is I want to talk about the, the messages escaping bondage, and more specifically, escaping the spirit of bondage, and those times when there seems to be no way out. And I've spoken to Christians around the world, and they, they, they go, Elvis, when's this all going to end? And it seems that there's no way out, and what do we do, and how do we pray? And we, we're, we, you know, we're praying for truth and revelation on the media. And you know what? And we've prayed that, and we've seen that, especially here in Europe. We'll, we'll sit down and start to pray on something, and all of a sudden, it's just like something gets turned over, something gets revealed. And it's really good, but we're getting into one of those things where people are being exposed. People are being shown for what they're doing and, and you know, and they're showing all this. And, and then, but what we're seeing is, is in so many cases, it's almost like the legal system or the people that do it, they, they don't care. There have been people that have already had to sit in front of Congress. They've been found lying to the Congress in the United States, uh, in the United States. Now, if you and I did that, we'd be going to jail, right? We'd get to jail, we'd be a fine but it seems like these people just seem to get away with everything. So that's a lot of bondage there. And so what I want to do tonight is I want to show the similarities. And at the Elvis Newhart Network, we are a Bible-based ministry because there's so much of the Bible back then that's just showing up in our lives again. The devil's trying to play the same cards that he played thousands of years ago, folks. And so, you know, this I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this will encourage us to pray and also give us a picture of what to pray. So let's get right into it. Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, Lord, we discover this program with the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray, Lord, give, open their understanding so that they understand the scriptures, Lord, and not only understand, but understanding with how to apply them and to give God's people a new heart and a new courage to pray and come against, uh, against this and just pray until something happens. So, but so what we're going to look at is, first of all, let's look, let's look at the uh, nation of Israel. And remember, you remember Joseph, he was sold into slavery and then Joseph becomes he became like the number two pharaoh. And of course, they found out there was going to be a big, uh, how do we say it, that there was going to be a big famine and everything. And that all happened. And and even with that, and boy, you, you think Joseph was big before when, when that famine actually came, the actual pharaoh of Egypt basically put him in charge. And the interesting thing is, too, is that, you know, when, when the atheists come and try to say, well, it's all just a biblical fairy fairy tale, no, it's not. Because they found the wheat pits over there, uh, the researchers from Austria, um, researchers from Austria, they found the wheat pits there, and they found so many coins with the inscription and the name, uh, inscription um, and, and the name of Joseph, right? 
not Joshua. If I said Joshua before, I mean Joseph, right? And they have the co the coins, and people are like, "Well, geez, we looked at the coins, and they didn't say Joseph. They have his an Egyptian name on their people." And so anyway, so let's look at this. So it happened, and everybody was happy, and everybody in Egypt is, 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 it, it can eat, and people from around the world are coming to Egypt to buy food, and wow, it, it, it just seemed like the children of Israel could do no wrong there, and everything was great. But you know what? Time went on. Joseph, Joseph passed on. Joseph passed on. And so what happens is, is look at, let's look at, the, at Exodus chapter 1, verse 13. We're going to go right through this now, Okay. And see, the people, they were delivered from death and starvation, and they were going forward. Things were going well, but then a new pharaoh showed up eventually. And it says, and the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. Okay? They lost a lot of favor. They really got smashed down in the eyes of the world. And when you read about Egypt, you have to remember that it is, uh, that, that is, it is a picture of the world. And so what do they do, these, do with these people? So here they go. Now watch this. They made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. Now rigor, when you look at the meaning of rigor, we can skip over words, but let's just slow down a little bit. Rigor means they were made to serve with no mercy, with abuse, with harshness, with severity, and with cruelty. And we're seeing that a lot today where a lot of God's people and a lot of good old folks anyway, they're being made to serve with no mercy, with abuse of every kind, harshness, severity, and cruelty. We see that in Australia. We see it in Canada. We see it in different parts of Europe. We see it in, uh, uh, in the United States. But now let's go on to verse 14. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage. Now notice what this did what this did. It made their lives bitter with hard bondage and we are seeing this again. It's another attempt just to separate to separate people and everything, right? But to make us bitter, right? Whether it's at work, whether it's at home, everybody's at each other's throat. Are you vaccinated? Are you not vaccinated? Right? You know, uh you know, uh, are you for Joe Biden or are you chanting let's go Brandon, right? And so here's the thing. Now watch this here. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. Okay, so when you, when you get met at every, uh, every corner with no mercy, with abuse, harshness, severity, remember where it got to the point where they even started uh, ma uh, making the Israelites, the children of Israel, you know, to make bricks without straw? You know, do basically do the impossible. So anyway, but that's what's going on. Now, we, we jump forward to Exodus chapter 2, verse 23 now, and it says, And it came to pass in process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. So this is kind of a, it's a sad point, but it's also a bright point that I want to put out to all of the Christians here that are praying and they're just like, oh, I just pray and it seems like nothing's going on. I'm praying, I'm crying out to God. It seems like nothing, nothing's going on. No, it says their cry, their prayers, their desperation came up unto God by reason of the bondage. God sees this stuff, folks, Okay. God sees this, God knows, God understands, God's working on a plan, and we're ready for it. Now, here we go. How did God hear this? Well, let's go to Exodus chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. And it says, I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, who the Egyptians keep in bondage. Right? 
And I'm sure that God also hears the groaning of the children of Canada, the children of the United States, the children, the children in Europe, right? Who the world, who all these people, come on, we know the main characters, we hear them all the time, who they keep in bondage. Remember when they went back and told us, just give us two weeks, just give us two weeks and we, and what, we're going on two years now? And then there was the time where they said, oh, you know what? Maybe in two weeks, we're just, we got, we'll lift all this stuff in two weeks. So just give us two more weeks. People, that's keeping you in bondage. That keeps you in mental bondage. That keeps you in emotional bondage. Heck, when, when you're on lockdown, yeah, that's physical bondage there, right? And now watch this here too. So here it goes. And look at this here too. And God says, I have remembered my covenant. And God remembers. He says, you know what? I have a lot of my people down there and a lot of people who don't, don't know me yet. And I have a covenant with, uh, for them. And wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. Now, that's in, uh, that's in uh, verse 6, Exodus chapter 6, verse 6. I want you to look at this here, too, because sometimes people kind of look at us when, when, uh, funny when we pray. Remember, we were, all, we were praying for truth and justice and, yes, expose who it is and let them come out. You know, expose who it is, uh, you know, and, hey, uh, let them, uh, you know, let them, you know, get in trouble with somebody or whatever else like that. Okay? No. God... God's path to redemption is with a stretched out arm. And when God, you know what happens when God stretches out his arm, Moses stretched out his staff and it split the Red Sea. But also I want you to point this here with great judgments. We have started to just to tell people, it's like, hey, pray for truth, pray for revelation, pray that everything's exposed. But how much information do we have on, on all of this right now? And it is getting exposed but, you know, they knew that ahead of time. They have the judges. They have the courts. They have the politicians. Anybody that could basically do something, they're seemingly, uh, they're seemingly bought off somehow. Okay? And so what we need to start praying is we need to pray that God will, uh, that God will redeem us with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. Yes, there are many individual separate things that we can do, you know, as individuals or as groups. That's great if you're doing something awesome, right? But another one to pray because people prayed. I mean, people exasperated people. They're like, I've been praying, but here we go again. Another lockdown. Now, now here in Germany. You know, all the politicians are singing the song. There's going to be a fourth wave. Oh, the fourth wave is coming. Everything's fourth wave. And that's what they do. And people, that is a form of witchcraft, too. They're speaking that out. Oh, there's going to be a fourth wave. Maybe there won't even be a fourth wave. But because they keep saying it, they can create one out of air. And it's happened in the past. And it's going to happen again. So this is where we pray great judgments. Father in heaven, in Jesus' mighty name, Lord, you see all this. So Father, in Jesus' name, we pray great judgments upon the, upon the heads of those that are responsible, those that plan this wickedness, all the way up. Because people, this, this does not stop at Klaus Schwab. This does not stop at Fauci or Bill Gates. It goes way above, way above into those that are truly uli serving Satan, right? Serving Satan. And uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and also just in bondage to the demons. But you see, that's where you come. And notice, how did God get the nation of Israel out of Egypt? Again, with the great judgments. 
Now look at this here too. This is very comforting. So we're, we're getting to look at some of the scary side of this, folks, but we're also getting to see that bright light and that hope that God gives us to go ahead and get through this. Because I'm telling you people, the winter of our discontent has not arrived yet. We are just moving into winter. Here in Europe, winter doesn't really start to settle in until February and March, okay? And the thing is, is as it gets colder, as the normal cold and the normal flus start to come out and everything's going to get blamed on you-know-who, right? Everything's going to get blamed on you-know-who, you know? So here we go. And it says, and I will take you, you to me for a people, and I will be to you an ar, uh, uh, a God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Okay, right? Who are the Egyptians today? Everybody pushing the agenda. Okay? Everybody pushing those things, right? And I will bring you into the land concerning concerning the which I did swear to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and I will give it to you for a heritage. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. There's a lot of times in, in the course of human history where God has stood up. He says, I am the Lord. I have the ruling here. You know, when all this stuff first come, came out, they were hoping for a much worse result. Okay, I will only speak for Germany here too. So anyway, don't get anybody in Canada in trouble. But in Germany here, right, they came out. They were expecting. They were, they were prophesying. They were trying to speak into existence. 24 million dead. They told us 24 million people are going to die. That's over a quarter of our population. Okay? And see, that's, that's, that's just witchcraft and fear, right? Because when fear hits your brain, your brain becomes really receptive to all that stuff. That's why, that's why on our program, we, we talk a lot about fears, getting rid of fears. But here we go. And so look at this, I am the Lord, and Moses spoke so unto the children of Israel. But now watch this, all these great and wonderful things that I just told you here today, watch this. And this is why they keep us under this hard bondage. This is why they want to make us bitter and make us divided. And Moses spoke so unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses. They didn't listen. Well, what are you saying, Elvis? How can, how can they not listen? Well, look, for anguish of spirit. Okay, and for cruel bondage. You notice how that just shut off the hearing, shut off hearing God, you know. And people, hey, God bless the people that are that are that are protesting or whatever else like that, or expressing their opinion. If you can still do that anymore, right? But see, that's the thing. That's why they're acting like they don't hear us. They don't hear the 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 petitions, the protests, or whatever, right? They're just letting it go forward because they know there's going to get a part where the people aren't going to care anymore. Yeah, they're trying to wear you down, folks. They hearken not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. Okay? We're going to pray on this in just a little bit here. Let's go forward. There's plenty. Now, in Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6, and this relates directly back to deliverance. We are a deliverance ministry, which means we pray for each other. You know, salvation, healing, deliverance, the work of the Holy Spirit. And Isaiah 58, verse 6 says, Is this not the fast that I have chosen? to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, and to let the oppressed go free, and, ye that, and that ye break every yoke. Okay, so this is the thing. This is the fast that, that Christ has chosen, right? Isaiah 58, 6. You'll find a similar one in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. But he says, you know what? 
and what I want to really show here too is that's God's heart from the beginning. God's heart from the beginning. When he saw the people uh, that they were bound and oppressed and under bondage in Egypt, God says, I will send a deliverer. And that was Moses. Okay? And you know what? And when, the, and when it looked like the task was too big for Moses, well, then he sent the ten plagues along too. He sent his great judgments. Start praying for the great judgments to be applied where they need to be applied. Okay? Now watch this. Let's go back to Exodus chapter 20, verse 2 here. It says, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it is incredible how often in the Bible the house of bondage is mentioned. And you know what? You, you hear all these things, one world this, globalist that, great reset this. They want to bring you all in one house, and it is a house of bondage. They're doing it to the medical world, the financial world, the political world. Okay, You see, you see where that's all one house? But notice, back then the Lord reminded, and through the entire Bible he's reminding us too, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt, right? That was a great deliverance that nobody thought would ever happen, and out of the house of bondage. So, Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, we just loose the angels to go and kick down the doors, break out the windows, in Jesus' mighty name, out of the house of bondage, and set your people free, Father, in Jesus' name. Wow. Now, in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 17, see, there are so many examples here. In Nehemiah 9, 17, it says, and they refused to obey, neither were mind, mindful of the wonders that you did among them. Okay? But they hardened their necks and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return, return to their bondage. Yep, see, that's what happens when you throw God out the window. See, here Nehemiah is like, you know what? I, I want everybody to sit down, just listen a little bit. I'm going to tell you why we're here now. Okay? Do you see those walls of Jerusalem over there that are all knocked down? It looks like there's not even one stone standing on another, another right now. The walls are torn down and everything. I want to remind you folks why we're here. I want to remind you why, why, uh, why are all of our brethren still back in Babylon and everything. Okay, Not everybody came. It was just Nehemiah and a group of his people. He's like, you know, here's the thing. They refused to obey, and they were not mindful of the wonders that you did among them. We could miss it. But they hardened their necks and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. Do you see how that works, folks? They work on you, right? They they work and work and work on you, and they just want to welcome you right back to the comforting arms so you can be just like everybody else, so you can be normal again. Normal. Wouldn't it nice to be normal? Yeah, do you see the, can you hear the hiss of the snake there, folks? Okay. But look at this here too. But thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. And you did not forsake them. People, this is the God we serve. Nehemiah was talking about our Father God and heaven. You know what? He is the same God today. And I'm telling you what, there is so much with, with turning or, and repenting and coming back. God is ready to pardon. He's gracious. He's merciful. I want to encourage everybody, everybody to confess the sins of a nation. Yes, it's important we confess our own personal sins. But you know what? I don't think there's a lot of people praying for the, praying for the sins of their nation. And it needs it. And it doesn't have to be a big, long thing. Okay? I won't go into that too deep here. But pray. Say, Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, pardon us. 
Lord, be gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness. Now, I want, I want you to note, too, Nehemiah came from the bondage that was in Babylon. So just saying. Now, here's another uh, excellent Bible verse that, that there are so many good things in this. It's, it's, it's like a godly multivitamin here. Psalm 68, verse 6. God sets the solitary in families. Now, that's comforting. And I just throw this in. Here's a little side note here, too. There are so many wonderful Christian brothers and sisters out there that are uh, seeking for a partner, seeking God's will for a partner. You know, they'd like to be with somebody, right? But but they're alone. And there you see in, in Psalm 68, verse 6, God setteth the solitary in families. You can ask the Lord to set you in a family. Mm-hmm. There you go. Anyway, so I put that out there too. So excellent stuff. Here's the next part. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains. Okay. So amen. I'm up for that. And it's, But the rest of that says, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Well, you know, that's one of the great judgments there too, because in a lot of corners, what we are seeing is we are seeing rebellion, the, the, this almost this opposite of God. I mean, I, I think it's even more anti than antichrist out, out there and everything, right? And it's like, you know what? Well, we let the rebellious dwell in a dry land, right? But Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, bring us out which are bound with chains. We're going to look more at these chains for people. Now, we're talking on national level and basically oppression upon the nations today, right? Oppression upon the nations. But, you know, th- this is the same thing for individuals. And that's the beautiful thing about God's law, Right? Because God's law, it works with the individual, it works with, for the entire planet. It works the bottom of the ocean, and the same laws and rules are the same, same on the moon. Listen to other messages for that. Now, in Luke 4.18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captives. Good evening. My name is Pastor Elvis Newhart. Right? This is what we do. Preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are, are bruised. And a lot of people out there might say, well, I, I'm not blind. I'm not blind. Well, here's the thing. We had a man, and I'll just this is a true example, in Hamburg. Two days ago, he, he was flying back from Turkey, Istanbul, and he flew back here, and basically they found him dead in the airplane when the airplane landed. Great shock. And then it came out, they found out that he had COVID, right? But what they found out, folks, is that he was fully vaccinated with the booster, had the two shots, the two plus one, and he just didn't wake up on the airplane again when they got there. And so that raised a big contrast. And so, but the thing is, is that's happening everywhere. Everywhere we are hearing about people, you know, we were hearing about when people take, uh, when people take the jab and, and whatever, whatever you want to call it, the jab, the shot, they take that. And then within two weeks, there's a lot of people that fall over from that. But now the rules are, I'm not, I'm not aware of all around the world, but now the rules are here in Europe, if you get the jab and if you die within two weeks or if you have a reaction within two weeks, it wasn't because of the jab. The first 14 days don't count. Okay, do you see how they work that though? But anyway, Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, we pray for a great awakening, Father, in Jesus' name, and that you would recover the sight to the blind in Jesus' name, where people can realize. I mean, this was in all the papers, people, everything. You you would think there was going to be a big, huge outcry and everything. It's right there in front of them. Fully vaxxed, fully whatever guy dies on the airplane, dies suddenly on the airplane. I'll say this to people. Uh, my uh, story about Otto, my, my, my tax accountant here in Germany, right? 58 years old, and he and, his, he and his wife ran competitively. 
They ran competitive. They weren't joggers. They were runners, okay? He was 58 years old. They've been running their whole life healthy. I spoke to him, I spoke to him uh, two weeks ago, right? right a, apparently right after we spoke or whatever, at some time, he went out and somebody convinced him to, you know, you're completely healthy. You've never been sick, so you need the shot. So anyway, he went out and got the shot. And within that two weeks' time, I, I, called, I, called, my, uh, I called my tax accountant back, and he died suddenly fell over and died suddenly, okay? And that's happening everywhere. And I'm not here to pr promote fear or whatever else like that. You know me. I'm not a fear monger. But what I'm saying, this is, this is happening everywhere, and for some reason the people can't see it. And th when I start seeing that, I start smelling bewitchment, people. So we, br we break the bewitchment off the masses in Jesus' name. Wow. So praise the Lord, and I pray that everybody listening now to this, uh, to this, listening now and listening later, Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, we loose the spirit of the Lord to be upon them, Father, in Jesus' name, so that they also can preach the gospel to the poor, to help heal the brokenhearted, and there will be brokenhearted, right, and preach deliverance to the captives, those that are bound, okay? The spirit of the Lord is what helps us, folks, to break the spirit of bondage. At the national level, the local level, and at the personal level. Now, watch this. Let's go on. Paul was also talking. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, if you would, please. And do you notice, folks, there's a lot of Bible here that talks about that, isn't it, right? It's, the Bible isn't that boring book. Boy, the, the Bible's a mirror to the future, right? Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Did you hear that? 2,000 years ago. They were talking about standing in your liberty where Christ made us free. Now watch this. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Right there, black, uh, black on white, right there. There's a yoke of bondage out there that's trying to, that, that, uh, these yokes of bondage, they try to entangle us, folks. Okay? So we break those now in Jesus' name, and Lord, give us, uh, give us insight, wisdom, understanding to see all of that in Jesus' name. And, and when anyone, any person, any place, or anything is trying to bring us again into the yoke of bondage, what they're doing to people, do you notice that, that, that they're lying to the people too? Well, if you do this, you don't have to worry anymore. Well, now, now here in Europe, they're already to step number four on that, folks, to not worry anymore. Yoke of the bondage. There's mental bondage, physical bondage, emotional bondage. Okay, this can be to people. We break that. We cast that out in Jesus' mighty name. Now watch this, and it goes on. If we go back to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 4, right? And that because of false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privily to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. People, you had these false brothers, you had these false people, right, sneaking in to the Galatian church. They were sneaking into all the churches. Boy, as soon as Paul and the guys would leave, they would send these people in, right, false brethren, right, to look at the liberty which they have in Christ Jesus. Okay, now people, there, there is liberty given to us by God, by Christ Jesus. There has been liberty given to us by our constitutions, America. Canada, Australia, even in Europe, all over the place. There's some, some type of liberty. Unless you're really living in a lockdown communist country, there are some liberties granted. But I want you to know that they have come against that with a spirit of lawlessness. That's an entire another message, folks. The spirit of lawlessness. 
Okay, the spirit of lawlessness, the job of the spirit of lawlessness is to come back and destroy whatever liberty you thought you had. So there again, we see something where we can pray, Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, we loose the restraining power of the Holy Spirit on the spirit of lawlessness in Jesus' name. And no, they can't do everything that they want to do. We loose the spoiler spirits now in Jesus' name and just turn that all upside down in Jesus' mighty name. But I want you to watch this here too. Now notice it. And by false brethren, but there's just people... Um, how do I say this a nice way? I have an issue with pastors who are herding their unsuspecting sheep in what I would call a false direction. How do I say it that way, right? Basically, it's this. If, you, if, if you're loading the sheep into a wagon to drag them off to all get their thing, right, to all get their you-know-what, I yeah, okay? That's job as pastors is to edify and to build up his people. Okay, let's just go on. So, but now watch this here too, because that's what's going to happen. What they're going to do is spy in on your liberty, okay, just to bring you back into bondage. Anyway, that's all that, hey, this spirit does this. It's been doing it for more than 2,000 years, people. We're just showing you how the enemy operates. And a lot, yeah, the enemy's going to operate, okay, and he's going to do it in the guise of people. And yes, demons do manifest through people. And yes, demons do manifest through people who think they're Christian. We'll say that. Now, let's go on to Galatians chapter 4, verse 8 now. Now, look at here too. Okay? Galatians chapter 4, verse 8. It's another deliverance verse here. It says, How be it at that time, not knowing God, you were in bondage to them that by nature are no gods. Now, let me explain that really quick. Uh, quick though. Now, notice, there were people that they did not know God yet. Okay? But they were in bondage. They thought they had their uh, own opinion. They were free to be me. Uh, they were. They, they had the false idea of free will, right? And they said, you know what? Uh, you know, I'm not in this God God thing. I'm just going to be me, and nobody can tell me what to do. And I'm going to be a real rebel and do exactly what everybody else is doing here. Okay. But now I want you to notice this here, this last part in Galatians 4, 8, folks. Okay. It says, you were in bondage to them that by nature are no gods. How, you want to say that simply there? Demons, okay? They were not gods, okay? You were in bondage to them. And so pe people think they're making their own choices, and especially some of these people, and they think, well, we're going to be free, and, you know, we don't want any any, any of that uh, Christian bondage on us, and we don't want, you know, we want, to, you know, it's really funny. They don't want the government to tell them what to do, but they do everything that the government tells them to do. Boy, think on that, think on that one, folks. But it says you were in bondage to them that by nature are no gods. And do we want to in also start inserting the names of politicians that have put their people in bondage? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go right down the country. Europe? Germany? America? Canada? I didn't mention any names. You know the names already. But it says, Howbeit at that time, not knowing God, you were in bondage to them that by nature or, or, uh, that are not gods. Yeah. So can a ideology or something keep you in, bo in bondage? Absolutely. Okay. Now let's go on. Uh, let's go on to verse nine, Galatians four, nine people. But now after that, you have known God or rather uh, are known of God. It's not that you know God. It's that God knows you now is what it says. How turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto you desire again to be in bondage? What? 
we get saved, but there's all there's something out there. There's that spirit of there's that spirit of bondage. You got people, places, or things working with demonic influence there. And what it does is even turns where you know Christ, you get saved, you're going forward. Why are you desiring desiring again to be in bondage? We break those chains now in Jesus' mighty name. Okay, because there's another message that I, I give called the fear, the pit, and the snare. And so what happens is, is you're just trying to crawl up out of that pit, that pit of life. You're just getting your nose above the edge and everything. And then, and then what happens is that tentacle comes out, the fears or insecurities or whatever, and drags you right back, right back into the pit. Okay, and the Bible talks about that too, the fear, the pit, and the snare. And boy, here we are. And you know, there's some people that start off and they are in the bottom of a pit and they and they cry out for help and they, they do a superhuman effort to get up and out of that. But see, there's an enemy waiting to, dra- to drag us right back in the pit. It, it, it's like crabs cooking, uh, crabs cooking in, a, in a pot of water. And if one crab starts to try to crawl up and out of the water, the other, the other crabs will actually grab it and drag it right back down. Okay? That's bondage. So now here we go. I want to show you another area where where things are bound up. We can go. Not everything deals with the the, uh, current health crisis uh, that's going on, but let's talk like individually here. Here's another area where we can be really bound up, and it it binds a lot of people. It's in Genesis chapter 44, verse 30. Now, here it goes. Now, therefore, when I come to thy servant, my father, and the child is not with us, Seeing that his life is bound up in the lad's life, it will come to pass when he sees that the la- the child is not with us, that he will die. And thy servants will bring down the gray hairs of thy servant our father with sorrow to Sheol, right? To the <laughs> to the to the area of the dead. In German they say Totenreich, yeah? And the kingdom of the dead. But now notice this here too. And this can happen some, sometimes too. It says, you know what? The father's life was bound up in the child's life. Now, hey, there's great, hey, parents and kids, they should have godly soul ties. You know, I hope they also have godly boundaries, but godly soul ties and everything going on. You've, you've got the parent and child relationship there. But sometimes what the enemy likes to do is push that a little bit overboard, right? It gets a little bit overboard. And it's like their entire life is wrapped up in the child's life or the lad's life here. Well, what's so bad about that? Well, that child is going to grow up one day and become an adult, hopefully, right? And they're going to want to have their own life. They're going to want to do their own thing. Parents, can you relate to me here? Are your kids already starting to tell you, hey, uh, mom, dad, your brain's turned to liquid. You don't know anything anymore? Usually around the teenage years, right? But what happens is is the parents get so bound up in, 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 in the life of the child Let's read on. It will come to pass when he says that the child is not with us, he will die. Okay? So, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we pray for good, godly soul ties and good, godly connections in Jesus' name. But, Lord, anything that's really, Lord, everywhere where the soul is, what we say in Germany, verwoben, right? Where it's so intertwined with the life of a child or so intertwined with somebody else that's not their spouse or whatnot, it brings death. He will die. She will die. That brings death in. I have seen this. I've seen this in near, almost 30 years of ministry here where people are so bound up and they're so bound up in their kids. And I'm not kidding. It, it kills them. 
Okay, spirit of bondage there too, and it's like you know you should be able to enjoy your kids or be able to enjoy your enjoy your grandkids. So we break off that spirit of bondage, the fear of being alone, the fear of being abandoned in Jesus' name, all that, the fear of rejection, right? And especially we break off all death. And, it, and you want to stop the gray hairs? Look at this. And thy servants will bring down the gray hairs of thy servant our father with sorrow to Sheol. All right? Down to death. We break that off. All the bondage. You know, those are like, those are like cords of control or cords of bondage that are trying to drag you underneath, uh, uh, underneath the water. Okay? And then, it throw, and, and, then, and, then, and then the devil tosses the, anger, uh, the anchor, folks. Okay? So anyway, so check that up where, you know, is my life too bound up in the lives of other people? And it can go so many different directions, people. But that is another area that we look at when we're looking at bondage here. And that's like on, on an individual, um, uh, individual level. Okay, now let's go. Let's read Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 here. Paul speaking again to the pre-Hebrews. Uh, and now watch this. This is some more good, good, good news here. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself uh, likewise took part of the same. And through death, now watch, this is what Jesus did. And through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. You see that? When Jesus died, it destroyed, okay? It destroyed uh, his power of death. Okay, that went bye-bye. Destroyed the power of death that is the devil. Now watch this, folks. This is huge too. And deliver them who through fear of death, okay, fear of death, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Isn't it amazing how that word just keeps popping up again and again and again? And, and you can read the Old Testament. You can read in the New Testament and, they, and over and over again. God and the prophets, and they're all sitting there saying, hey, even God tells us, I am the Lord thy God that has delivered thee out of the house of bondage. Some people are like, hey, Elvis, forget this national stuff. Forget what's going on in the world. I've, I've got this personally in my life, you know, either in my marriage or with my parents or my parents had me in bondage too. Well, this is another bondage we're looking at here too is like the fear of death, the fear of death. You know, people will sit there and they'll, they'll want nothing to, to do or nothing to do with Jesus Christ or salvation, but they're full of fear of death. And now look at this here, too. This is the sad part. They were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I tell you what, now, uh, I'm not wanting to die anytime soon, okay, but I, I don't have a fear of death, right? Uh, I have a healthy respect for the dying process. I hope God takes care of that one too. But now look at this here too, the fear of death, and that's a bondage, okay? You know, and, and just take those two words there, the, or three words, the fear of, okay? What fear is holding, is holding you in bondage? That's the job of fear too. We have been speaking a lot about fears and getting free from fears uh, on the Elvis Newhart Network. Uh, we've just started uh, doing uh, doing again. We're do I'm doing my uh, yearly book series, and we're doing now Heinz Feet and Heinz Places. We've had the first two in installments, and it was all about fears and how family fearing will keep you away from God. Boy, it's a, it's a great lesson. So the fear of death or the fear of what? Okay. People have fear of getting sick. 
people have, uh, you know, a healthy fear, healthy, uh, you know, fear of the government. But actually, the government should be afraid of you folks, just saying. Okay, but all these fears, you know, fear they're going to come get me, fear they're going to, if I don't wear my mask, I'm going to do this or fear. You know, that's why a lot of people do this. I have lots of relatives and great friends of mine that live in uh, that live in states in the United States that are not subject to the mask mandate. But out of pure fear, there are people running around wearing these masks everywhere when they've been told that they do not have to. You see, they've been given a fear. Okay? And when somebody gives you a fear, that is a be- bewitchment, people. That's why we break all bewitchments in Jesus' mighty name. That's good. You know, We break all bewitchments off our mind, our will, our emotions, and our heart in Jesus' mighty name. We also rebuke the fear of death in Jesus' mighty name. Yeah. And you realize, for, for those of us that, that are saved and have been washed by the blood of Christ, eternal life has already started. We're in, these bi- we're in these bodies now, but eternal life has already started. You do not have to wait to, to, to inherit eternal life. You're already on the clock, folks. Okay. So, praise the Lord. Let's go forward. Now, you're like, well, Elvis, you're praying all this stuff, and wow, it's just coming out of your head, and you're encouraging us to pray, and you're giving us Bible verses. Well, where does it say we can do that? You know, Do we even have the authority to do that, or don't we need some special holy man or whatever to do it, right? And you know what? That's a fair question. Because you know what? That's how I started out too. I was I was wondering, I was wondering, can I even do this? I mean, I'm just me. I'm 19 years old. I'm just starting in this. How do I have any authority? You know? And I just realized that boy, you know, up to a certain point, I thought I knew everything at 19 years old. And then the wisdom of the Lord comes in, and you're like, yeah, I really don't know that much. But so you know what? It's great because God wrote it down for us. It's in Psalm 149 and verse 8, and you can read all those verses around there. We're going to read Psalm 149, verses 8 and verses 9. It says, to bind their kings with chains and, and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written, this honor have all his saints, praise ye the Lord. And, ladies and gentlemen, all means you. All means you. And look at that. That's even in the Old Testament. It's in the Old Testament. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written, this honor have all his saints. And you know what? I want to encourage you. Read the Bible verses above it. Read the Bible verses below it. And then you know that I'm not talking turkey here. Okay? Not just telling you something. You have that authority. Luke chapter 10 verse 19 says, Okay. Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. How many people do I know? Okay, and uh-oh, I'm going to say that word. They haven't got the shot. You know, they didn't get the shot. They're going forward. They're taking care of themselves. They're praying. You know, we're rebuking all this stuff. So many people that we know have not gotten the COVID. And you know what? If you're listening right now and somehow you got the COVID, that's no shame on you, Okay. No shame on you. We tell the people over here, too. It's like, well, we preach this and that. But I said, by golly, if if you start coming down with something and everything else, uh, please let us know, number one, so we can pray for you, and number two, so, they, so that they just can't do whatever they want with you. Okay? Those with ears to hear, let them hear. But I, in Psalm 149, verse 8, it is written there, and I love reading that, that section of Scripture right out of the Old Testament, too, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. By the way, fetters of iron is a symbol for judgment. And you remember at the beginning of the message where we talked about how God uh, how God uh, will deliver us 
with his great judgments. I'm telling you people, start praying judgment where judgment applies. And we start praying out to God. And no, it's not hateful and no, it's not bitter. It's just doing and praying what God does. Because you know what? We've been, tra- we've, been, we've been loosing the truth. Truth has been showing up. We've been praying for exposure, right? We've been loosing the restraining power of the Holy Spirit. It's been happening. We've been loosing civil war in Satan's kingdom. It's been happening. I can go right to the major newspapers today here in Germany. And they're fighting like cats and dogs about, about this. And that's a good thing. Because whatever delays them or frustrates their plan, because they are on a timetable too, folks. And that's the incredible stuff because right where you're sitting right now, hey, folks, you can be praying that, right? Anytime you see something on the internet, see something on television, hear something on a program, right, where the enemy's, you know, there's where the enemy is sticking his nose somewhere, you can start binding that <clears throat> and lose spoiler spirits, lose spirits of judgment, lose spirits of failure. Uh, one last Bible verse. Maybe we'll have a couple minutes here. I'd just like to pray for everybody listening. Here's the comfort, folks. I know I've talked about a lot of stuff. We've talked about the spirit of bondage at a national level, the local level, areas of spirits of bondage in our life. Hey, another example of that is like all addictions, all addictions. There's a spirit of bondage behind them. Denials of strong men over addiction, just the spirit of bondage. Break that. That's a heavy yoke on people, okay? But now here's the comfort. Again, and we're going to find it in uh, Jesus's favorite book of the Bible, right? And that's Isaiah chapter 14, verse 3. Number one, because Jesus spoke so often in the book of Isaiah, and also he quoted it the most in the New Testament when he was here. But in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 3, it says this, and it shall come to pass in the day that the Lord shall give thee rest from thy sorrow, from thy fear, and from the hard bondage wherein you was made to serve. Isn't that awesome? I read stuff like that, and I just want to hug Jesus all over again, right? And it shall come to pass in the day that the Lord shall give thee rest from your sorrow. I think we have a lot of people who are up for that, okay? And rest from our fear, and rest from the hard bondage where we were made to serve. Wow, and praise the Lord. Let's pray just a little bit here while we have a couple minutes at the end of the broadcast, folks. Father in heaven, in Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we just come to you now, Father, and we come to you, Jesus, and thank you. Thank you that you are the Lord God that heals us. Thank you that you are our Lord God. Thank you that you are our Father in heaven who has delivered us out of the house of bondage, and you did it again and again and again. And if you can deliver the Israelites who were in bondage for 430 years and lead them through a wilderness, lead them through the enemies, if you can pass them through a Red Sea, and then come down with 10 judgments, the 10 plagues, Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name, Lord, and we pray, Father, in Jesus' name, hear our cry. Lord, they're pulling a big one on us now, a big, well-organized, well-financed, where many worldly powerful people are trying to impl- implement the enemy's plan upon the, on the life of the world. Lord God, you see this. They want to kill us, destroy us, manipulate us, and we cry out to you now in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. And so, Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, we bind their kings with chains, and we bind the nobles, the politicians, everybody out there that seems to have a high place before men, but a low place before God, the Bible says. We just loose them, and we loose the fetters of iron upon them in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. We loose the restraining power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, Lord. And Father, we just loose failure on their plans where it doesn't work, Lord. Lord, we also loose the curse of the fig tree upon all money. 
Lord, for the level of people that don't care about money, we loose the curse of the fig tree on all of their influence, their power, and their manipulation in Jesus' name, Lord. We just cut those connections all the way back to Satan in Jesus' name, all the way back to the devil. We loose miscommunication. We rebuke the fear of death in Jesus' name. We I break off the bondage of fear of death, fear of dying. Come on, fear of tomorrow in Jesus' mighty name. All existential fears, all fears about their, their life in Jesus' name, all the fears that, that keep us in bondage, whether it's to people or money or health crisis in Jesus' name, we break the bondage in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We break that now in Jesus' name. I break the curse of sorrow between parents and their kids in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, we break break the spirits of bondage over the, the parents and the kids. And Lord, we pray your special mercies and graces and blessings, especially for parents who uh, for, for parents who have kids that are caught up in addiction. In Jesus' mighty name, we break we break the spirit of bondage. We break all bondage of the addiction that's destroying the kids, destroying the families, destroying the parents in Jesus' name. And we rebuke that in Jesus' name and we command that to go. And Father, I pray for wisdom and understanding for each and every one of your people now in Jesus' name, Lord. We break this in Jesus' name. Lord, we just break all bondage of the enemy in Jesus' name where the enemy has in whatever bondage. Father, there are people that are in bondage to the internet. There's some people who are in bondage to the things that are on the internet. And we just break those chains and and just we command the spirits to leave. And we command those people to rise up and walk in Jesus' mighty name. Now, Father, we pray for all the people whose people's lives have become bitter and empty and resentful in Jesus' name because they've spent their lives in hard bondage. Lord, there's a lot of people that have spent their life out there with no mercy, where they've spent it with abuse, Lord, where they've only been harsh, where they've just lived in harshness from childhood on, all the severity, all the cruelty. And hey, come on, life, just to make it, make it sometimes, or just to go through some of the valleys of life that we go through. Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, we break the bitterness of hard bondage, or Lord, all the bitterness, death, and hatred where people have been through hard bondage hard uh, uh, hard times, and people, whatever that, that it's in, whether it's in marriages, divorces, works, betrayal, you can list them out there, but everything that has made us bitter, resentful, unforgiving in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. And Lord, all that now in Jesus' name. And Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, that part two where it says, they hearken not unto Moses, they hearken not unto God, they hearken not unto Jesus, they hearken not unto the, a pastor who loves them. Why? for anguish of spirit. And we rebuke the anguish of spirit. And Lord, we loose your healing mercies in Jesus' name. We loose angels to take out all the arrows that have hit and poked and prodded the people and pained the people and given your people anguish of spirit. Father, we pray for our our brothers and sisters in Canada, in Australia, where they've come against the churches. And for anguish of spirit, they have put pressure on. They came down upon these people and they're they're, they're trying to put Uh, anguish of spirit and cruel bondage on them, right? So that they don't listen anymore. Why do I even follow God? Why do I go go to church? Why even do that stuff? We rebuke that in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray for your miracles and your wonders. And Lord, like it says here, with a stretched out arm and with great judgments in Jesus' name. 
And Lord, we know that these people, they're, they're not going to get away with everything all the time. Father, we humbly pray now, Father, in Jesus' name, that you let the people see it as an encouragement, Lord. Father, your people need your touch. They need your encouragement in Jesus' name, Lord. And so, Father, we just come against the spirit of lawlessness, wickedness, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord. Boy, and all the witchcraft that they just cast on the people and, and the manipulative witchcraft and all the hexes in Jesus' name, Lord. And Father, we pray now for a great awakening for people on their personal level, but also a great awakening, Father, in Jesus' name, where people would just start waking up. We pray for it. Come, Lord Jesus, come. We pray for it, Lord, even though it looks like more and more are falling asleep every day in Jesus' name. And we thank you, God, that you are the Lord, our God, which brings us out from under the burden of the Egyptians in Jesus' name. Whatever country you happen to be living in right now, we break their burdens off of us in Jesus' name. We lose the angels to go and say no in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Father, finally, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you are the Lord, our God, which has brought us out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. We fall out of agreement with the house of bondage in Jesus' name. We stand on the side of Christ and we look towards you, Father, in Jesus' name to set us free in the mighty name of the Lord. Teach us how to pray, Lord. Keep us tuned in, Lord. And Lord, we just praise you and thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, Sheila, that's what I have for tonight here, too. Excellent. Really good stuff, Elvis. Very quickly, for people that might be a new listener or they're not sure where to find your handiwork, your information, let people know where they can find you and give out your information, Elvis. Okay, awesome. Well, this is great. Thank you very much for asking. You know, we broadcast regularly on the Elvis Newhart Network. That's where you'll find us on YouTube. So we invite you all to listen to us at the Elvis Newhart Network. I give a live sermon there, 11.30 in the morning on Sunday. That, I believe, is, well, 11, that's like 5.30 in the morning on the East Coast, a little bit earlier on the West Coast. We also have Tuesdays with Elvis every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock in the evening. Now, that's Germany, which is 2 o'clock in the the afternoon on the east coast of the United States, and 11, uh, 11 in the morning on the on the west coast of, of America. Come on by. We'd love to have you come check us out. And we have a lot of Bible there, too. Our Sunday messages are also translated into the German language because that's why I'm here. So praise the Lord. We do that. Now, if you'd like to support us, you can always do that. You can go to paypal.me forward slash Elvis Newhart. And that's Elvis like Elvis. And Newhart is N-E-U. H-A-R-D-T, okay? But you know what? All that information you'll also find again right there on the Elvis Newhart Network right there on YouTube. Praise the Lord, and thank you very much for having me at this time. Folks, that was Pastor Elvis Newhart. His information is linked in the description below. Reach out to Elvis and let him know that you heard him on the program as well as share the program. There's a lot of good information to share, and uh, we look forward to you doing that. Thank you very much for tuning into the broadcast and we will see you real soon. Good night and God bless you.